there, everybody. Welcome back to the City Red of Life podcast. I'm Justin, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Roby, and we're continuing our conversation. This is episode number three, and we're talking about how do you survive a political season with your soul intact. So that's kind of the theme yep. as we head into an election cycle with primaries and then a general election coming up. How can we thrive in this season in our walk with Jesus? And so, Pastor Roby, maybe recap a little bit for those who are joining us. Uh, catch us up. Remind us where we've been. Yep. So this episode, episode three, is an important one. And so it's important to kind of recap a little bit. If you haven't heard the first two episodes in this series, I want to encourage you to go back and, and take a listen. But here's where we started. We started by just alerting ourselves to the fact that politics makes a really good idol. And it, what that means is mm -hmm. there are things that are not bad things, but they masquerade as ultimate things. So um, the things that, that give us security, give us hope, mm -hmm. give us a framework for understanding the a world, tribe. to give us a tribe, an identity. And politics, historically and famously, is one of those things that masquerades as an idol. And you sure. can see this in that there are so many so many times throughout history where a ruler, a king, an emperor is worshiped yeah. as a god. Yeah, sure. And it's, sometimes it's just a straight religion, but more often it is a syncretism. And this is really the danger for us right. because no one thinks, oh, I worship politics. Right. This is the danger for us in our day and age where politics get so blended with faith. You don't want to separate your faith from anything. But it can get so blended with your faith hmm. that it become that's a type of idolatry where it, where it's it becomes synonymous, synchronized, and blended with your faith to too much, yeah. where um, where it becomes a syncretism. That's what we talked about in the first episode. That's an important kind of groundwork we got to start with. The second thing we talked about this is in the second episode is. It is a good, healthy, godly thing for every person to have some measure of patriotism towards their country. There are things to be thankful for, grateful for. There are blessings about being from a particular country, and we should be mm -hmm. proud of those things. We can be honest about the failures and flaws in our in our country, but we want to be on. We we want to uh, celebrate our country. We want to serve our country, and we really want to honor those. Sure. Who are who do, who do those things and and sacrifice for their country? At the same time, we have a higher allegiance as believers. Right, our allegiance is first and foremost to Jesus, to the kingdom of heaven, yep. and um, and uh, there, that makes us like a stranger and alien in this world in some ways. We have a higher allegiance, but the, I just want to emphasize this point because this is really critical for this pot, this particular episode. Jesus put our allegiance to him like this. He said, if anyone comes after me, you must hate your father and your mother and your sister and your brothers, your wife and your children. I mean, he's like really strong language mm -hmm. and he's clearly being hyperbolic. He's making a point because obviously we're, he, you know, he tells us in other places to love those people. He's making a point. Our allegiance to Jesus is to be so utterly unrivaled mm. by any other allegiance in our life that it that those other allegiances are basically it's as if they're hanging by a thread they're so minuscule in comparison to our allegiance to Jesus so that's important in a political co context and conversation yeah. we might have leanings and we might have an affiliation politically but in comparison to our allegiance to Jesus 
that affiliation is minuscule, right? Minuscule. So it can't overtake our lives because Jesus has, uh, has that much rule over our life. So that's really where we've been so far. And that kind of leads us to today. All right. Excellent. So that's a little bit of a recap. And again, encourage you to check out those episodes if you're just jumping in with us. Maybe frame up then what is it that we're going to discuss today? We're really zooming out a little bit in this conversation. But what are we talking about today? So we're zooming out because before we go any further, we're talking about how we as a church, as CityRev, is approaching politics. And there's a reason why that's important for us as individuals and how we shepherd our souls. But we're talking about how we as CityRev approach politically based or um, conversations that have political implications. And let me just frame it up like this. There are typically two ways churches, it's presented that churches handle politics. Right. One is churches say, we don't touch politics with a 10-foot pole. We have n- no discussion with politics. Maybe they say, you know, we're just about Jesus. We're just about uh, the gospel, spiritual things, spiritual uh, caring for your soul. There's no place for politics, separation of church and state. So there's just no conversation. Mm. The second would say, would view politics and typically the view, the, the, the subject matter that have political implications are viewed as the main ways of engaging culture. And so it, the the other way is typically, no, we are engaging the political discussions. We're not going to, usually they're not going to just list a candidate by name to tell you to vote for them, but they are going to be very open and it's not going to be hard to see which political framework they're lifting up. And they're basically going to be talking very aggressively on the issues and it, it, the implication will be we as a church are engaging culture and are encouraging you, if you're being faithful, you are going to lift up this political framework. And, and the undertone will either be uh, conservative or a liberal, right or left, uh, Republican or Democrat. And that church will have those strong leanings in one of those parties and will be encouraging their people to engage through that framework. So the way, the way I'm hearing you say it is a lot of times it's presented as though a church either never brings up politics, doesn't even want to touch it, claim it's all about Jesus, but they don't want to get into certain things that Jesus might have said. And then the other maybe poll is, no, we're very vocal about it. We rally our people to perpetually engage on a political level. And that's pretty much the primary messaging, the primary voice. How do we then? Well, well, more than that, though, that they're not just it's not just primarily through politics. It's usually primarily through a particular political party's agenda. Got it. So then what, how would you say is, is the way that we're approaching it if you would say neither of those would be the way that we would talk right. about it? Right. So the, where, we're, where we're attempting to do, this is what we're, we're trying to do, is a third option. And I want to be very clear. It's not a middle option. It's not halfway centrist. in between. Hmm. It's not a centrist position. A centrist position would say we're not fanatical about any of those particular issues. We're more in the middle. And, you know, we're, we're just not far right, not far left. Compromising, taking a look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a centrist position. We're not advocating for that. We're advocating for something altogether different. It's that we're not going to have a political framework that we're addressing. Okay, now let me just take a step back and say, we can't do the option where we completely don't address politics. Because yeah. if we're faithfully teaching the Bible, 
there are going to be implications on certain things. But we're also not going to engage culture through a political party's lens, whether left or right, because we're go- we are going to address uh, our lives and our culture, our city, through a biblical lens. That is a, it's not in the middle, it's a higher position, I would say. And we're, we're, we're having a higher allegiance. And so our basic framework is a biblical framework, not a political framework. So we're going to emphasize the things the Bible emphasizes, mm. and we're going to emphasize it to the degree. We're going to be as fanatical as the Bible tells us to be about it. And so it's not not a centrist. It, and the motive, the motive for the person who's not approaching politics at all, maybe they're like, look, we don't want to offend people, turn people away from the gospel. Maybe they're scared of their uh, the separation of church and state. That those are not motivators for us. The mm-hmm. motivators for us is if the Bible talks about it and to the degree the Bible talks about it, we're going to talk about it and then let the chips fall where they may as far as politically, politically. the politics are not our main, our main framework. That's how, how we're uh, approaching um, politics. All right. So if that's the way that we're approaching it, not going that way, then why is this important? Why is this uh describing how we as a church are going to be engaging with politics in a zoomed out way. Why is this significant for us to talk about? So, you know, the point of this series is how we protect and shepherd our souls. So it's each of us as individual believers, followers of Jesus. It's for how we are protecting our souls through an election cycle. And this has been happening for years. This is not new, but this has been happening for, for years, um, decades, there is argumentation, and this is the real, right here, this is the point of this particular episode, is this part right here. There is argumentation. It comes from both sides that will say, if a church does not handle politics in this way, mm-hmm. they are failing. The church is failing. Christians are failing. They're neglecting culture, and they'll use very, very strong and very persuasive language. And mm-hmm. so we want Christians to be able to uh, hear this argument, identify this argument, and not fall for this argument. Gotcha. He, here's what the argument is. It's, it will say, if a, if a church or if a Christian is not engaging politics through this framework, and sometimes it's the right side saying this, sometimes the left side saying this, if you're not approaching politics through this particular political framework, you are unbiblical, not being missional, not standing for the Bible. And sometimes they say not even standing for the gospel, which is very alarming. So let me walk out what this sounds like. And I I think it would be helpful if I give like very specific examples. So let's start by how this might sound from the left. And sometimes this comes from political commentators, candidates. Sometimes this comes from pastors. They will stand in their church that, and they're coming from a, a more leftist or democratic perspective. Mm-hmm. And they'll start with an issue that is very, very close to something the Bible cares about and very close to what Christians care about. And they'll start with that issue and they'll say something like this. So if it's coming from the left, it says, we know that every human being is made in the image of God and that racism is an egregious sin. Mm-hmm. And we we have to stand up against racism. Well, at that point, every Christian, no matter who you are, is saying, sure. absolutely, that's true. And so then they will smuggle in their political framework and say, so if you don't 
engage in this particular way on this issue and they'll start going down then the left all of the left political issues beyond just that one issue and smuggle all of those in under kind of the the argument that this this political framework is the only way to faithfully engage culture and so mm-hmm. then christians Christians are like, whoa, I need to do that. And then they'll use really strong language. They'll say there were other times when the church stood by and didn't say anything, like in the days of slavery. We don't want to be that kind of church. I mean, it's really strong language. Sure. And so then Christians are like, wow, if I don't operate from this particular political framework, I am not being a faithful Christian. But it's also the same argument used often on the right. And so again, they'll start with issues that are very close to what the Bible talks about. And they'll say things like, we all know that Bible, the Bible speaks about there being life that God is knitting together in the womb. Mm. And, and, and those babies are being aborted, they are being murdered, and they're the voiceless that we need to stand, stand for. And Christians are like, it, there's many are saying, absolutely. I mean, I, we would say, absolutely, we have to stand against um, uh, the murder of an unborn child. Yeah. And then they'll lift up other issues. They'll say, you know, there right now there is a um, agendas out there that are are driven by tra- transgender uh, values, and and children that are not even at the age of puberty are doing things to their bodies that are mutilating their bodies, and it's a travesty. And Christians are like, it is a travesty. Yeah. And so so far at this point, Christians are nodding as they should be. But then what happens, and this is the subtle shift, then the rest of the uh, conservative political agenda is added in that are not related to those issues. And it's made to seem like there is that if a Christian doesn't stand with this entire political agenda, the entire conservative political agenda or the entire um, uh, liberal political agenda, Mm. they are failing to engage uh, their their culture effectively and the language is again very strong they'll say things like it's just like the christians that tolerated the rise of nazi germany and that kind of thing and they'll throw these things out and christians are like i don't want to be that christian sure. i want to be a faithful christian and so they use that 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 strong language and often christians fall are kind of fall for that because they're trying to just be a faithful Christian. As we go through this political cycle, hear that argument, be able to identify that that argument, and understand that there's another way to faithfully engage in the political discussion um, from a higher biblical framework, not just a political framework. Yes, and what, what so what I'm hearing you say is we, we need to be careful. We don't of we don't get into the temptation of swallowing wholesale an entire party platform by the someone coming at with some initial things that we'd say yes, that's biblical, that's in the scripture. I'm on board with that, but being watchful of saying then everything else that's falls within this particular framework of viewing politics, I have to ho- swallow that wholesale, and I'm being told that if I don't. I am being, you know, I'm failing. Right, because our primary framework is a biblical framework, not a political framework. Yes. So give me some examples of other issues that it's like, hey, you know, the scripture gives us wisdom here, but it's not necessarily convincing us this is the only way you view it. Absolutely. So like, for example, uh, macroeconomics and um, maybe the size or reach of government we can have strong opinions about those uh, as as citizens. And we might even see biblical principles that speak to that. 
but let's not elevate that as if the Bible is like uh, has speaking directly to those prescribing issues. A specific. It's not prescribing a particular macroeconomic system, and it's not prescribing a particular size or style or even style of government. It's going to give. Uh, it's going to give wisdom. There are. There is. Um, there's a. That's actually being unbiblical. Like there's multiple ways of being unbiblical. One is to just ignore the Bible altogether. The other is to reject the clear biblical teaching. And the other thing is to is to abusively use the Bible to say something it's not trying to say. Yeah. So if we say, well, this is biblical, sometimes we're being unbiblical by for, forcing and, and, and contorting the Bible to say things it's not saying. Yeah. So it's important for us to be able to be discerning about making sure that we're not falling into that trap of just swallowing wholesale Yes, in that way. I think what many people often say, um, I've heard this many times, is, yeah, well, what if, I mean, I think my party is very clearly, I, I get what you're saying, there is no perfect party, but very clearly my the political party I affiliate with that I typically vote for is clearly the most biblical in terms of its platform. How would you respond to when people bring up that that comment. Yes. So I think um, that's really important. What I think we should do, and I think there's a lot of well-meaning Christians that uh, are in the right place with that. So like, I think what every Christian should do is they're looking through the Bible and then they're, they're, they're thinking biblically as their main framework. Well, that is going to lead them to make decisions politically. And so at some point they should get to the place where they're saying, Hey, this is how I vote because of the Bible. And often this is the, this party is what I'm affiliated with because I believe it most reflects biblical values. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, hopefully that's what every Christian is doing. Right. They're, they're, they're letting the biblical frame framework form their, their politics. Here's where the danger is. Some are saying that and they're they're in bounds. The Bible's their main framework. But others are saying that, but really what's going on is they're saying there is one biblical party and one evil party. There is one party that is wholly good and there's one party that's wholly bad. Mm. There is and they they may say well no one's perfect, but in practice or in thinking or in belief they are basically putting it into one good party, one b bad party, one biblical party, one one evil party, or even satanic party. I've heard, and uh, that's there's a danger in that for a couple reasons, and a lot of these are things we're going to be talking about mm. in these next few episodes. But let me just give a couple of them. The danger is first and foremost is um, not necessarily foremost, but the first one is batch politics. Mm. We need to be able to critique all of the issues right we can't just swallow can't get to a place where we're swallowing one party's or or, or another party's entire agenda we have to critically think about each each issue biblically and have mm. the freedom to do that more about that in, in in upcoming episodes second thing is that can some that can lead to the thing we're talking about of syncretism Mm. So if this party is good and this party's bad, this party's biblical and this party's evil, then what that can lead to is so my hope for the for the Bible to be upheld, for justice and righteousness to be upheld, for good to win out, my hope is in this party winning and if it's if my party could just win, then then our country will be saved. That's syncretism. Yeah. Our hope is 
exclusively in Jesus. Mm -hmm. The main framework, according to the Bible, for good and evil is not a battle against flesh and blood. The lines are not drawn politically. The If I'm starting to go down that road, then what will end up happening is I will need my party to maintain a hope in a particular party. I will need my party, if it's all good, to be infallible. Mm. So I will need my, I will be blind to the flaws in my party. I will be blind to the flaws in my candidate. I will consider anything from that other wicked party to be bad because everything from my party must be good and everything from that party must be bad. Um, I, I will look to my party for guidance, for answers, for talking points. And, I, and I'm also not watchful at, at the evolution. What a party is one year, it may not be that same thing four years later, let alone right. eight, uh, you know, 16 and, and on and on. We can't afford to do this. We have to be thoughtful Christians thinking through every single issues. And, and lastly, um, if we're putting it in that stark, hey, there's one biblical good party and one wicked, evil, satanic party. When we make that kind of claim, what what the challenge with that is that usually leads us to thinking because politics itself is an engine and it will tell you it is the single most important thing happening. Mm. And Christians can get drawn into that where they see that's their, their primary or even exclusive way of engaging culture. Mm. And we have to have a thicker, broader way of engaging culture. We must engage culture politically. We have a vote. We have a voice. Like there is a space that we do need to engage culture politically, but we have to have a broader approach. If we're only addressing culture politically, we are not only going to miss other opportunities, Mm -hmm. we're going to lose other opportunities to do other things that are absolutely mission critical, not only for our cities, but for us as Christians. We can't let politics swallow up our entire great commission and mission. That is not the only way we engage politics, engage culture. It is a part of it. And we can't let politics muddy the gospel. Mm. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing else. Jesus alone is what saves us. And when politics become mixed in, it becomes our hope, it becomes our primary way of engaging culture, then our gospel message becomes you accept Jesus and this political framework. Mm. And that is not biblical. That is mm. that is weakening the gospel. The gospel is the work of Jesus, and then we carry out the implications into every area of life. Yeah, at City Rev, I'm reminded of we have 10 eyes that we talk about of different ways that we engage culture and the ways that we're involved in bringing about transformation. Uh, political engagement is one way out of a number of different ways that we want to be salt and light in our city. Well, uh, we hope that this episode has been helpful to you and uh, clarifying, and uh, we're going to be talking more about some of these things in the episodes to come. But for now, we will see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.